Yo, good day, gents, and welcome to another episode of Father's Fire. My name is Cody Cedric, as you know, and every week we get together to explore the joys, the challenges, the triumphs, the sorrows, and yes, the fun of being a dad. And you know it's fun when it's around July 4th. <laughs> Going to be a lot of fireworks, especially if you're at my house and time on the lake. So hopefully you guys uh, have a really good time with the family, get some barbecue, some good eats, and uh, be able to celebrate some good times together. So, um, and I apologize. Uh, you know, I've uh, missed a week or two because I've been traveling, doing family things, and uh, so finally getting back in the groove. And I have a really fun guest today. His name is Daniel G. Welcome, Daniel. Howdy, Super howdy. excited to have you. So, so let me make an introduction to Daniel G. So he has a really fun TikTok channel. Um, if you go out and you look it up, it's uh, Stoner Gump is his um, his is his handle, and he does some really fun imitations of or his version of, of Forrest Gump and talking about some fun topics, but. What really attracted me was his interaction with his seven-year-old son. Um, they have some really fun conversations while they're driving in the truck. And, and so since we're talking about driving in the truck, Daniel, I was listening uh, to one of your episodes and your son's asking you, um, what, do you what, what should we name your truck? Uh-huh. That and son time. <laughs> Dad and son time. I love that. So so let's talk about that because he's like, I mean, he really wanted a name and, and you're, I love the way you kind of lead him through ideas and conversations. And right. it's just I, really I can funny. give him answers, but I, I'd rather yeah. hear what he's got to say about it. Yeah. He's, you're, you're really good at going, what do you think? Uh, you, you find out a lot more about him if you're not just giving the answers. Yeah, he, he, you're really good at just asking him a question and letting him sit there on it for a while. Well, so he's, he's got the ADHD uh, pretty bad, and so his mind will just go. And so all I got to do is open that can and uh, see where it takes us. So, so how did you – because you, you, you kind of are leading him through this conversation, and then you ended up calling it DAST – no uh -huh. dad and son time, the acronym. So how did you come up with that? Because clearly this is an opportunity where you and your son really connect and have some heavy conversations. Yeah, surprisingly heavy for his age. I mean, it doesn't come off. I don't think heavy to him. Um, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely a, a heavier topics that we get into, but I try to explain it in a way that's going to make sense and not be, you know, too much for his mind at the time. Um, yeah, but yeah we, we, we do a lot of truck rides um, with my work. Uh, like if I'm working a, an hour or two out of town, I'll take him along for the ride. So I'm not bored. And we just start getting into it. <laughs> yeah. The one that first attracted me to that drew me to your channel was um, you guys were talking about a friend of his. I think it's a friend or it might have been a cousin who was being bullied at school. That's his older brother. Yeah. So, and, and I loved the, the question. He's like, dad, we got to do something. And rather than just give him the answer, you said, what do you think we should do? 
I want to know where his mind's going with it. That's, I mean, I know what I had already, you know, done, talked to the school and whatnot, but I want to know what a seven-year-old wants to do. <laughs> and so for the audience, what did he want to do? I mean, kind of as you're talking to him, you know, what surprised you about what he wanted to do and how he was going to try to solve it? Well, the, the protective side of things um, wasn't surprising. He's, he's a very protective little dude. He, he's bigger than all the kids around him, and he knows it. His older brother is 12, um, and his older brother was three pounds when he was born. So he's still a small guy. He's, mm. you know, 110 pounds, I think. He's, he's a tiny little individual. And so the protective side of things, um, you know, I was expecting that, but him wanting to be a, you know, a magician or a wizard and turn somebody into a burrito and eat them was surprising. <laughs> that part caught me like, off guard. I know when he said that, I was like, wow, that's pretty creative. Well, he thought it out even with bacon and eggs, be a tasty man burrito. <laughs> I, I, I love that whole interaction because you could... You know, his first response was, no, let's go to the school, right, and be present, right? Right. And, and I think that's, as a dad, that's kind of our initial response is we're going to go in and we're going to be a physical force to stop right. take care of the problem. Bullying, right. We're going to take care of the problem. But a kid, you know, but you're like, all right, well, we can do that. But then what are we really going to do? And I love the exploration of ideas because I think a lot of times, I guess the thing that I really loved about your channel is you're really good about allowing him space to explore his solution. Well, your kids need heard. And a big part of that, so kids info dump a lot, uh, especially with, you know, like the older kids. And so it's, it's hard to stay present and in the moment, but if you can get yourself to the point where you're asking questions you know, stay with them. Don't be ready to talk. Don't be ready to say the next thing, but, you know, stay in the moment and get ready to ask the next question, ask the follow-up and let them really explore what their own thoughts are. Yeah. So the, the other thing that, that I enjoyed was, um, <laughs> and literally I feel like I'm a fly in the, in the cab of your truck flying uh -huh. around, sitting on the wall, on the glass going, all right, what's he going to say next? Right was yet another episode where he was talking about, Dad, if I work two hours, are you going to be paying me $15? And, you know, he's trying to figure out how to make money. Uh -huh. And so let's explore that little conversation because I think that's an important aspect of a father teaching their kids how to work. So that's a hard thing at this age for sure. Um, simply getting your kid working um, I don't stress on him the need to, you know, keep at it. Um, but I want him to keep working, keep trying until the job is done. You know, eventually I went out there and I helped him. Um, but if you want to earn money, like I grew up poor and I know a lot of me is built because of the way I grew up. Like we were dirt poor. I mean, like I said, no electricity, no running water, duct tape on my shoes. We were poor as poor God. And my kids don't know that. We've, we've worked hard to get to the point in life that we're at. And so I don't like to just hand them things. They got to earn their money and you know, they want a new video game. Well, you got to do something for it. You don't just simply get my money. I worked hard for my money. You want it. You got to work hard for it too. Whether that's standing out in the yard, smacking yourself in the head with a shovel, you know, it's up to you, 
but you got to earn it. Yeah. I love that because I remember coming to my dad, me and my brothers, uh, we lived in Pensacola at the time and we kept hearing all of these kids talk about their trip going down to Disney world. And so we went to dad and we were like, dad, we, we need to go to Disney world as a family. And, you know, he straight up was honest. He said, look, kids, he goes, uh, we don't have the money to do that. You know, we're a poor family. We're in the Navy. And he goes, but if you're willing to work for it, we can figure out a way to make it happen. So what do you think we could do to earn the money to go? Right. So me and Chad, we start figuring out, you know, what, what are things we can do? Like mow people's lawns, wash people's right. cars. We even made these little, uh, down in Florida, they have this really red, uh, sticky clay in the ground and we uh, would make these little shrunken heads and sell them to the na- neighbor's kids for like a 50 cents or a dollar right and hustling. the thing is they would dry out and they would crumble within a week uh, <laughs> right so we had this continual audience but th- at the time uh crispy cream donuts would allow you to go in and you could buy 100 200 dozen donuts for 60 cents a dozen and then we would on saturday morning we would pre-order them dad would make us pre-order them so on friday night you know this little nine-year-old kid hello uh, i'd like to uh, order a hundred dozen donuts and they're like are you sure yeah my dad's here do you need to talk? no we can talk to you and he would coach us through the whole conversation of ordering the donuts and then i remember the first time he he sat us down at the table he's like all right we're going to buy these for 60 cents. How much do we want to sell them for? And so we're like a uh, dollar. He goes, I tell you what, let's sell them for a dollar 25. I'm like, okay. And he goes, he goes, there's a reason why I want to sell them for a dollar 25. And after our first day of selling them, I want to see what you discovered through us selling it for a dollar 25. So that first morning we go out, we're knocking on doors. We have three dozen, you know, nine-year-old, seven-year-old kids carrying these donuts, right? Would you like to buy some donuts, right? They're only $1.25. They're hot and sweet. And, you know, we had a whole little pitch. And, you know, people would come to the door at 7.38 in their robes and their coffee. And, you know, and they would come out and they would give us $1.25. Or a lot of them would give us two bucks. Right. And, And they're like, keep the change. And my dad, you know, when we got done, we're like, Daddy, a lot of people gave us two bucks, right? Or a dollar fifty. He goes, Yeah, because they're tired, right? They don't want to rustle for a quarter. So they just grab two dollars and they give you two bucks. Instant instant raise, right? And so <laughs> it was this great opportunity for our dad to teach us kind of about economics and pricing and time to market, <laughs> but also right. give us the space to actually do the work. Earn it on your own. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's one of the fun things that I've watched about, you know, the interaction between you and your, and your son. So you have four boys. So four let's talk about, let's talk about the dynamic of each one of those. Have they surprised you how differently they are and how yeah. have you managed their differences in personalities? It's, it's definitely a lot, especially trying to connect with every kid because um, they're all completely different. Um, so the first three are from my first marriage. Um, and so we've got um, 
we share custody. We've got them uh, Wednesday through Sunday. They're at their mom Sunday through Wednesday. Um, so Isaac, the seven-year-old, he gets a lot of alone time. Um, so on the days that my older kids are here, we really try to, you know, make a point to connect on their level. And it's a lot of giving of yourself, a lot of listening to Minecraft stories and, uh, you know, things like that. But it's, it's definitely important to, to do that one-on-one. Uh, we, we do. So I do date, date nights with them, I guess we'd call it, um, for their, especially for their birthdays every year, they get a planet. And so they plan out, you know, an entire event, you know, whether we're going to, you know, Rogers, Arkansas to go to some event there or whatever, I let them plan out the day. That way each kid gets their moment in the spotlight. Um, but we do a lot of gaming in our house. That's something we all kind of connect on. Um, and so we've all got our gaming system set up. And so like Friday nights, we're up till two, three o'clock in the morning and it'll be, you know, the, the four boys and me, and we're all playing something. Gets, uh, gets to be a lot in the house. Uh Uh-huh. That's fun. So, so let's talk about that a little bit. There's, I don't want to skip over that. How have you managed the co-parenting dynamic of having your kids part-time, having them gone, you know, that that's a different dynamic, but it's a, it's a dynamic that a lot of families are working through. So it's hard. It takes a lot of work. Um, it takes a lot of work connecting with the, you know, the ex. Um, it took, it took time to, to forgive, forget, and realize that we're both humans. We both make mistakes. We were friends at one point. We could be friends again. And it's been so much better for the kids. Um, we go out, we'll, we'll do bowling nights. We go out with, uh, you know, their mom and stepdad. And then me and my, my wife, uh, we'll go out and we'll all go bowling together. We'll go to the movies together, stuff like that. And it gives the kids, you know, a sense of, of normalcy. There's, there's no tension between the households. Um, which is phenomenal. Um, before we got to that point, uh, you could tell it was something that wore on the kids because even if we don't talk about it, even if we don't say it, there's that tension there. Um, and so it's something we, as the parents, we sat down and, you know, we just talked with each other and saying it's time for us to grow up past happened. You know, you guys are people, we're people let's have fun and make it something where the kids can openly come to both households with not, you know, feeling like they're, you know, cheating on one household. Um, mm. And so it's a very, you know, they'll, they'll text me at their mom's, they'll text their mom at my house. Uh, you know, they'll use her phone to call me. You know, it's, there, there's complete openness. Um, and it's, it's definitely been a lot better since we finally decided to grow up and do that. Yeah. I, I really like the idea of not making your kids feel like they're cheating on the other parent and vice right. versa. Right. That's what happens. Be- yeah, because I think a lot of times we underestimate the impact of that's on a child's heart. It's like, wait a sec, I got to go to dad's for four days. I got to go to mom's for three days or whatever. And man, am I being disloyal to my dad if I have a connection with my stepdad? Right. Well, being, your kid yeah, comes I mean, home and they're excited about something and they feel like they can't tell you about it because although you might not say it, kids aren't stupid. They can feel when all of a sudden, you know, your eyes drop, your face drops because they're excited about something, you know, something that wasn't with you. And so when you get to the point of just simply being happy that your kid is happy, uh, you know, the, the stepdad that came in, his name's Nathan. He's been phenomenal. I couldn't ask for a better guy to come into my kids' lives. Um, and it's, like I said, it was a growth period. It definitely took some growing on both of our parts. We were married young. We got married at 17. Um, 
we were together seven years um, and we were kids. We should not have been allowed to get married at the time. Um, <laughs> the, the whole shotgun wedding premise is ridiculous. I, I would never push my kids into that. Um, but like I said, we were kids, we were stupid. And so it's, you know, it's hard to hold something like that against somebody, especially when you got kids involved now that can really benefit from having two good households that get along. Yeah, that, I, I love that, you know, and it's like, you think about you at 17. I mean, you thought you had all the answers. <laughs> right. I look at my 17 year old. I'm like, good Lord. I had a kid when I was like him. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't even imagine having a kid at 17. Right. And, but, but you walk through that. So let's, let's talk about that too. I mean, 17, you guys are getting married and you're having kids when you're kids. Right. I mean, what was that dynamic as a young man like? Uh, boy, it's so I, I had a great role model uh, in my dad as to what and who a dad is. Um, and so I definitely tried to emulate that. Um, but I was a kid. Um, I was a kid that had made a mistake, you know, and now I had a kid. And so it was it was a growing up real fast kind of situation. Um, I dropped out of school, took my GED and my ACT. Uh, went to trade school and then went from there uh, just trying to make ends meet. And then 10 months later, we had kid number two. Uh, so by the time I was 18, I had two kids because wow. I was smart. <laughs> you were swimming. Yeah. <laughs> In the deep end. <laughs> I, I, I got to where I was changing a diaper with both hands at the same time. <laughs> oh, wow. That, that's crazy. You know, but 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 it's a testament to you and your your ex-wife, you know, to to go, look, we were young, we worked through this, and yeah, there were some hurt feelings, there was hurt there was expectations that that weren't fulfilled. And somehow we gotta figure out how we're gonna make this dynamic work. Because like it or not, you know we're going to be connected in some way for the rest right. of our lives. Well, and it's not instant. Like I don't want people to get the wrong idea. It no, was not instant. No. There was some bad years. Uh, there was definitely some very bad years after getting divorced, but eventually we got to the point where we realized the kids see this, the kids feel this. And so then from that point forward, we focused on the kids. And then from there we were able to start building a relationship. And like I said, we made a point to start going out, to do things because you can't really be friendly if you're not friends. Um, mm. And so we don't do it all the time, but a couple of times a year, you know, we'll get the kids together. We'll all go out and do something. Um, drop offs and pickups. They're always a pleasant event. You know, I go out to the car, I say hi, we chit chat for a couple of minutes. It's much healthier, much, much healthier, but it takes work. Uh, it's both parties coming together and deciding to do it. Uh, if one party is not stepping up, well, Keep stepping up yourself until it happens. Be the bigger man yeah. until both of you can. And that, and that goes back to one of your other TikToks that I stumbled across where you talked about, look, you don't have to be friends, but you can always be friendly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and I think a lot of strained relationships struggle with figuring out how they set aside their broken hearts and their anger and their frustration and go, all right, you know what? We weren't necessarily good to each other at this moment because we were young, we we're immature or whatever, right? Whatever the reason. 
But at some point, we have to figure out how to move productively and healthy, not only for us, but also for our kids. Well, yeah, it's, it's been much better for the two of us, I'm sure. Um, I mean, I can't speak on her part or Nathan's part, um, but not having that tension there. At, at, we preach the thumper rule in this household. You know, if, if you don't have anything nice to say, just don't say anything at all. And it goes a long way. When you're going to the pickups and the drop-offs, you know, if you can't say something nice, just give a wave and a nod, pick up the kids and keep working on it. It'll get there, but it's going to take time. You're not instantaneously besties and you're probably never going to be besties, but you can get along. Yeah, no, I I love that. So, so looking back, I mean, you're, you're, you started out as a young dad, you've had a blended family. You guys have worked through that dynamic. You have these profound i mean really profound conversations with your seven-year-old in the truck i mean everybody should just go to your channel just to see kind of that interaction i really love the interaction between you and your son now looking back what are some things that you've learned through the process about being a dad that could be what you've learned about yourself you know, how to interact with your kids. What, what do you think that's really critical that's kind of giving you that, aha, that's where I've grown, that's what I've discovered? Um, listening. That's, that's been the biggest thing. Uh, at a certain point in life, um, realized there was a lot of waiting for my turn to talk. Um, and once I got to the point of really listening to each of my kids, you really understand and get to learn who each of these human beings are because they're not just kids. This is another soul, another entity that's that's here to stay, and they're interesting. They their their brains tick a different way than yours. Their thoughts and you know emotions they move a different direction than yours. Uh, so it's that's that's been a big part. Um, I was seventeen. I had a temper. Uh, I had a mm-hmm. temper something fierce. That's that that was something I really really worked on when I was younger because um, I didn't want to be. Uh, my my dad was definitely my role model, but he was a dad with a temper. He was, you know, a redhead. His face went red. His his veins started throbbing, uh, you know. And so when I saw that a couple of times with me interacting with my kids, um, that was something I really started to work on um, and just regulating myself. You know, when, when situations arrive, get to the point where you're not you're not punishing or trying to teach out of anger. Um but wait till you've cooled down, you know, realize what the situation actually is. You know, the kid dropped a gallon of milk on the kitchen floor and it busted everywhere. Well, it's just milk. It's just on the floor. Clean it up. Just Talk milk. to the kid. Hey, you know, next time, maybe let's not, you know, carry it with one <laughs> finger and try to juggle it. You know, let's, <laughs> let's make some better decisions. Yeah. No, I, I love that because I think a lot of times we have this expectation of what our kids should be doing. And it's like, why are you doing that? Dude, can you just get it right? And instead of stepping back, taking a breath and going, it's just milk. Right. Well, they're learning. Right. The world is new to them until they've done it. They haven't done it. They haven't learned that lesson yet. You know, my kids go out into the yard, to, like, especially the seven-year-old. He goes out into the yard and I know something you know, dumb is going to happen. But I go and I, you know, I, I let it happen because that's how he's going to learn. You know, it's, he's, he's not going to discover that, you know, hot water burn baby unless he touches the hot water. It's I'm not going to let my kid get overtly hurt or something. That's not what I'm saying. But 
as far as letting them experience things, it's needed. Yeah. It's for growth. I, I love that because I'm think I'm kind of laughing inside because I'm thinking about the last uh, TikTok that I saw you have. You're walking out in the backyard and your son's in a mud bath. Yep. Right? He dug that himself. He, he's totally in a mud bath and you're like, the pool's right there. Well, he, he's, he, he knows he's not allowed to be in the pool when we're not out there. And so that was his alternative. He, he put his little brain to use. He grabbed a shovel. He dug a big hole, filled it with water. He wasn't in the pool. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. I mean, it's because, and, and I think a lot of times parents rush out and they see, you know, the kid in the mud and they're like, why are you doing that? You're all dirty, man. Look at the mess you made instead of going, all right, what were you thinking? Right, ex explore it. Point, right, explore I, I, it. My, you can jump to two wife, different directions with it. Yeah, my wife always says, she said, she often says, we need to be more curious. Yeah, be more kid-like. Figure out why your kid's sitting in a mud puddle. You know, make, make it a little bit bigger and jump in it with them. And memories <laughs> are made. That. That's, that's. Your, your kids will remember that kind of stuff for the rest of their life. They'll also remember if they dug that mud puddle and you came out screaming and yelling. So yeah. it's, it's, you know, I mean, you got the choice to make. Do you want it to be something special for them or something that they're probably going to repeat? Because how you handle your kids, how you teach your kids, they're going to do the same thing. Make it where they're not trying to learn how to not have a temper. Make it where they already know you don't have a temper. You know, something happens, oh, yeah. see it from the right angle. And, and I think the best way to learn and connect with your kids is to get dirty with them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fishing, oh, camping. Dirty with them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if you would have grabbed the shovel and just started making the hole bigger, dude, he will remember that for the rest of his life. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what we did the, the next day. That is his favorite video to watch. He'll sit there. It's, it's about a 30-minute about a video the day that we dug the hole and had our mud fight. And that's, I mean, he'll sit there on the couch just cracking up. Oh, it's such I a good memory for him. So I got to go watch that one. <laughs> it's, it's actually at the end of the one you were talking about. I, I, oh, I put a little yeah, chunk in there. I guess I didn't get all the way to the end of it. I just was laughing so hard of you going, the pool's right there. <laughs> uh -huh. well, he was, he was really wanting to throw a chunk of mud at me. He was. Yeah. You know what? And that, that's good. You know, I, I, you know, it brings back so many memories, you know, it's like when we were kids, you know, growing up in our, you know, we were in Arkansas and Florida and dude, we would have bottle rocket fights and, and Roman yep. candle fights. And my dad would be out there with us. My grandma would be out with us and until she got hit and then she'd get mad, but <laughs> she was having fun hitting everybody else. <laughs> yep. My, my cousin got put in the hospital cause he got his, uh, his, his eyeball burned with a bottle rocket. It was lessons <laughs> were learned. We had a good time. We had a good time and that's what it's about. You know, the, the thing, you know, you know, as I get more seasoned, you know, I really appreciate looking back and going, man, I'm so glad I took a moment when I was in a hurry. Right. And just, you know what, let's go play in the rain. Let's go stomp in the mud. Let's build a big snowman and, and throw snowballs. Right. It's, it's those times when you, just step back and enjoy the moment that you will remember, your kids remember, and it creates a unity that just ripples across time. Right. We, we get so, so lost and stressed and work and bills and jobs. It can be hard to step back and just be a kid with your kid. And it's, it's so needed.
Yeah, and if we're on, you know, it's if we're honest with us, I think you and I are kind of cut out of similar cloths. I'd rather stay a kid than be a grumpy old man. Yep, yep. <laughs> yep. I'd much rather be out in that mud place. puddle than than doing the job. That's for sure. That's it. So, well, I want to thank you for taking the time to visit with me for a little bit. I mean, this has been a great, fun conversation. So, yeah, it was a blast, bud. We'll come back yeah, and chit chat so, anytime. Yeah, no, I'll probably watch some more of your videos and go, all right, let's talk about this one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's good. Guys, thank you so much for uh, joining the conversation. Uh, this is my new friend, Daniel G. He's in the in the Ozark area. So please go connect with him on TikTok. His channel is Stoner Gump. He has some great, great conversations with the sun. And also talks a little bit about heaven's lettuce and uh, it's, it's a great conversation. So, but thank you so much for joining me and uh, you guys that are tapping in, please remember to like share and subscribe. And you know, we're going to check you same time, same bad channel just next week, right here on father's fire. See ya. See you later.